Hey guys, welcome to episode 276 of the podcast with my guest Alicia Lutz. I have a big smile on my face, but you can hear the smile in my voice. Uh, what a pleasure and a joy. Um, it was so, so fun uh, getting a chance to hang with Alicia, not one, but two times this week. Check out uh, my appearance on her fangirling show on Nerdist. Um, she is just awesome and wonderful. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy this episode. I wanted to get a couple shout outs out there to Emma and Shannon uh, for your amazing emails. I want to shout out Preston and his crew for coming to uh, see the show that I did recently that Erica Rhodes hosts here in LA. And then, um, I also wanted to just, uh, for those of you who are listening to this, you know, this week as the episode comes out, if you're listening to it anytime, basically before Saturday, uh, this upcoming, the, the, the third of March, gosh, I hope that date is right. Uh, I'm going to be participating in Jimmy Pardo's podcastathon. I have some items up for auction online right now that, uh, helps raise money for this amazing organization. Um, it's such an honor to be involved with this, with this show. I love Jimmy Pardo, as you all know. And uh, if you have a chance to go on there and, and place a bid, either for you, if you enjoy Stand Against Evil or Legend of Korra, if you know someone who might enjoy a gift, uh, I can't encourage you to to go on there and and check out the auction uh, enough because, uh, again, it goes to a great cause. So check that out and uh, enjoy this episode. I will speak to you soon. Now entering Nerdist.com. It's so gross. I get. I'm. I'm I now. I'm recording. There's no okay. intro, obviously, but uh, I really just said it again. I said like, mm, what a waste. Like well, our new friendship. What a waste yeah. that it wasn't recorded as we talked about. This could be beautiful, beautiful content. I mean, for other people to fall in love with our friendship. As I as as I was as I was feeling weird and sad about my sudden attraction to Paul Rudd only when he plays a mutton chopped murderer. <laughs> oh, oh. gotta love those bad boys. I, I mean, and I don't. But I don't genetic imperative or something i mean when you feel because when you when you hear when i hear other people say it it's like when we all kind of joke about it or Mm -hmm. i'm sort of outside of the joke and i'm reading about it or hearing other women joke about it i think that i immediately bristle and i'm like "Uh, oh listen no that's not because mm -mm." yeah and then and then then something like that happens i'm reminded yeah like like, oh this is the best like this is the most attracted him i've ever been this is there's Mm got to be something wrong with that just so confident and doesn't give a fuck about anything or anyone's feelings or I mean, their thoughts it's not i mean that has not translated to my attraction no. to real life people for sure i do feel like in terms of like women that i've been drawn to though i will say i think that is like i don't i don't feel like i've been drawn to bad boys at all mm-hmm. but i do feel like i've been drawn to aloof women like i think oh, there's yeah. something going on there where like i think about some of my worst like girl crushes and a lot of them were like I remember I had this crush on this girl in college who, um, her name was Bodie, and she was just like That's she was like six feet cool tall. Name, mm-hmm. like. Oh yeah, she was. Super- <laughs> and she just had this like, 
Ugh, who's a good person to compare her to? Just like ba- basically anyone who does look like they belong in the sort of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. slash like she could have played an elf in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like a Cara Delevingne very, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just completely still stoic face like she could have been in a Renaissance painting. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and just like very tall and, and perfect posture and just sort of walked through the earth like she was so like she knew what was up. And I doubt very much that she did, but I was like, I want to sleep with you. Like I just, every, I was just, I want you all over me. I just want you all over me. And I do think that that's a kind of, you know what I mean? Like that there. So for some reason, for me, the attraction is to, I guess like not bad girls, but like ungettable women, but not men at all. Like, over just like over the shit of the world and they're just like I am operating my own wavelength and yeah. I'll see you later I've always admired which that maybe so that's much. why people love Angelina Jolie too I mean she's absolutely yeah. stunning but she does play many many characters who yeah. sort of like I've figured things out you haven't and also look at my pillowy lips mm-hmm. yeah and then you know <laughs> women are like I don't know I'm having fluttery feelings yeah. for Angelina I want to kiss you I yeah want, all these things are happening at once <laughs> exactly exactly but yeah so I has that been true for you do you feel like you're I mean this is very personal but have <laughs> in even as a younger person if you don't want to talk today but like as a teenager etc did you feel an attract like do you feel like mirrored uh that you know fake life and and fiction and and literature and film reflected real life or were they separate like they were for me gosh you know I'm trying to think I had a crush on everyone like I have crushes all the time literally always I just I'm so obsessed with other people even though I'm terrified of them anybody that is completely different from me is fascinating to me because I just like I have no idea how to have any chill I'm very excited about everything I I'm just kind of like a butterball of gooberiness. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. And so anybody that's just like, oh, I can operate on a very low frequency. Or or like, like, I can answer with two words where it takes you 50. I don't know that life. I don't either. (laughs) I don't either. so anybody like that, I'm just like immediately drawn to and fascinated by because I'm just like, I don't, what is your secret? Can you please tell me? Because this is not great for all situations. Uh Um, (laughs) It's just, yeah. I mean, I've got, although I have to say, most of my like very intense crushes were like the gooberiest dudes. Like I was obsessed with Seth Green. Like Seth Green, I had such a huge crush on him. Um, and then he's yeah, delightful. I, he just seems like a dreamboat. Um, I loved him and like all of those sort of character actors from the '90s. You know that were always the second. You know the best friends to the guy that's gonna win the girl or whatever. Um, that was like my bread and butter. Oh, and musicians. I was hugely obsessed with like Brandon Boyd of Incubus was like everything to me and mm-hmm. Ryan Adams and and then like in sync. <laughs> Great. Because let's I get was him still in a there. teen girl. Yeah, like, let's get him in there. Yeah. Let's get him right in there. Did you who was your favorite in sync member? Did you switch around? Did you have like different faves? No, it was always loyal. consistently Justin. Was okay. Always a Justin yeah, well. girl. Um I just like he was so talented uh-huh. and his hair didn't matter that weird ramen look that he had going for so long <laughs> that was I was like he just a so one. many layers um my actually my current roommate Leah she um she grew up across the street from my grandparents so I've known her almost my whole life um which is amazing and we have such a sisterly friendship I love it um but she and I 
were both obsessed with NSYNC and she was obsessed with JC and I was obsessed with Justin. Well, you can't be like the same person. No. I mean, I felt that way. I've talked about this before, but like, I I would, like, so many times I've said on this podcast, like, if someone liked something more than me or first, Mm -hmm. I was so deferential. I was like, I will never, don't worry, Eddie Vedder is safe. Don't worry. You can totally have him. Yeah. You know, he's totally dreamy, but like, he's all yours. Isn't it so funny how young girls get, like, kind Kind of like weirdly territorial about that stuff as if there's any sort of reality to the situation wherein yes you know what you're right your fan fiction is going to come true and Justin Timberlake will be walking down the street in New Haven Connecticut and do a double take and be like you know what you're 16 but it's totally fine I just yeah. feel a connection <laughs> it really the suspension of disbelief on that I think you're 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 you've nailed it is like it's there's something that's so important about that and I don't know if it's like the and you know it's true for for people of all genders and and Mm -hmm. the way they identify but just in terms of um and I guess I can't speak for asexuals but I think there's an intellectual level to that even too if it's like an appreciation of art or something Mm -hmm. but um but just that that if it's if that becomes a sort of teenage version of the like playing house of being a child on some level or like whatever whatever mimicry we have of adults Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as kids, whether it's like a boy dragging a little doll around or yeah. whatever, I mean, whatever that happens to look like, then in teenagerhood, it sort of explodes into like the hormone realm mm-hmm. and there's some sort of like rehearsal, rehearsal, <laughs> rehearsal, even yeah. if it means you're having sex with, you know, peers or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's just like constant wheel turning that for many of us incorporates all those crushes and makes them feel really important. And that there is this sort of like, well, I would never, I mean, it's, yeah. it's sort of sweet, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's sweet in the yeah, sense like that it's like, well, I'm not going to take, I wouldn't do that to yeah. you. Like, Don't hopefully worry, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is yours. Yeah. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Although I did go vegetarian for two weeks because I was in love with Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Really? As a young girl. Yes. Oh my God. I read like an unauthorized autobiography and read that he was a vegetarian. So I was like, mom, I am a vegetarian now. And that's part of it too, right? <laughs> yes. Is that trying on of of things and, and the way we form our identities and it feels so precarious in that way that, that like, not to say that that's not still true. I mean, we can, you know, fall in love now and suddenly realize that, you know, I guess we, guess we love pl- classical music because yeah. the right person introduced into, you know, introduced it to us or whatever. But, um, but yeah, then there, there's definitely that too. It's like, how do you, how are how much are you shaped by what other people are enthusiastic about how mm-hmm. much are you influencing other people at that time and oh, then yeah. how much of it do you end up sort of abandoning because it was really just about something else versus oh, like yeah. how much you kind of tuck in and carry with you as you go totally I was like so very worried about my like love of nerdy things growing up because I didn't really fit into like the nerdy crew I was a theater kid that was really smart and like the popular kids like really didn't know what to do with me. Um, And I remember just being like, I'm gonna, you know, I feel like I was so many different people during that time because you just, you want to so figure out like, okay, what is the, like, I feel like as a teen, you're like, what is the version of me that is like most palatable socially, but also like lets me be me. Sure. You know, sure. I was like such a goth witch for a while and like a skater. I had Jinko jeans that I wore all the time with a Garfield shirt. Like, <laughs> and and, and Halloween ear- earrings. I, Halloween earrings too, like cats and jack-o'-lanterns oh I wore God. in like June. <laughs> That's an amazing image. It was a 
lot. I could not have seen the Garfield shirt coming. No, I could not have either. seen the Garfield. <laughs> it's so many questions for young me. Oh my gosh! Um, Wait, where was this? I should say. Been, oh, I grew up in we... Connecticut. Okay, actually. great. Very, very Connecticut. Um, yeah. I grew up in New Haven, and then um, I spent most of my time in New Haven because I moved in with my grandparents when I was. Um, around like 10 or so and then lived in um Brantford Connecticut from like well there was a time where I lived we lived as a family some in Brantford and then ended up moving in with my grandparents for all sorts of fun reasons would but, um, you yeah. care to expound on any of those or do yeah, you feel like um, no way Jose sh- no I can I can totally it's totally fine okay. um that sing-song voice is a dead giveaway this is gonna be <laughs> perhaps uncomfortable <laughs> he might be um <laughs> no uh my family life was like very kind of messed up and weird and um my father short version my father left almost like in the middle of the night like up and left like took uh drained my mom's bank account she was the one that was like working 100 hours a week he was a mess pile for so many reasons and he just up and disappeared wow. 1996 Never saw him again. Wow. <laughs> um, Good yeah. job, Dad. What a yeah, great super winner. Move. There's so many reasons. <sighs> oh my God, I can't even imagine if he like ever heard this. It would be so wild. But um, well, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> Could you come Darryl! in here, please? Oh my God, and I hope he brought the other Alicia Lutes too, because oh, that would be swell. No. Um, yeah, he has like another daughter named Alicia Lutes. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope, so not kidding. It's. Wild. Have you two ever connected? We've met. Yes. Well, I knew her. Why? Okay, the this whole thing is so crazy. Is, I cannot. All right, strap in, Janet. Yeah, I'm strapping um, in. I'm strapping right so, in. So, yeah, my father was like having an affair while he was married to my mom and had this. Well, the thing that we found out later, much later, like literally in the last, you know, five years or so, is that she's our stepsister, not our half sister. My, I have two younger siblings. Um, but he told us. That it was her, his, I think he thought maybe it was his. And he told me, because I was the one that accidentally let loose to my mother, that he was had a girlfriend. And apparently that was a weird thing. I didn't know when you're like nine or ten that it's weird for your parents who are married to have girlfriends and boyfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, I told my mom that he was like, he was missing for my great, great, my great, great grandmother's 100th birthday. And I was like, oh, he's probably at his girlfriend's house. And she was like, excuse me? <laughs> oh my God. And so all oh of this sort of no. like happened after that. And my father was like, I literally named her Alicia to replace you. And I was like, devastated, obviously. He's not, he's not really good at emotions. Like he's really not somebody who, the world is, he's a victim of the world, you know? And he's just one of those types of people. Have you like, um, couch like like couch diagnosed him have you been like he's borderline personality or like you know what i mean like do you have do you have fun running theories of like that's what popped into my mind when you said that sort of like megalomania of like oh yeah i deserve better than this and everyone i'm everyone's victim is very like you know what i mean yeah the whole thing is so complicated because he actually had a really fucked up upbringing um and i think it just sort of yeah, became like as happens. Deal, you know, like yeah. he was the only one of his siblings who didn't get beat um, because he was like a football star, and so um, you know, I think he carried a lot of guilt for that. And then sure. I think because of that, like he just couldn't deal. And my mother is like a workhorse, like get shit done, work hundred hours a week. You know, she put him through two different schools. She put him through HVAC school and DMT school, and he didn't do anything with either of them. Ended up working at the bowling alley, which is. Hmm 
the local bowling alley, which is where he met his girlfriend and everything sort of went from there. So it was super hectic and chaotic. And I wish I could remember why we got it on well i just i think i mean i there's just so many people who go through uh stuff with particularly you know with parents and and those kinds of that sort of as you said like the sort of like ongoing chain chain of effects that happen when somebody experiences like it sucks that when Mm. it sucks that when someone hates themselves so much it ends up hurting so many other people you sort of i mean that sounds terrible but you sort of wish you sort of wish like oh i wish you could privately like Mm -hmm. i feel terrible that you went through what you went through and we need to break this cycle and the cycle if we can't fix you if you can't fix you then i wish that you could just privately hate yourself and not and not have that be a mess an oil spill that just like poisons everything around you yeah in these you know weird unexpected ways and like but clearly he fucking hates himself i mean i don't know how absolutely he has to i i tried to get in touch with him a couple years ago i was in florida visiting um some family and it was thanksgiving and his brother had been talking to my mother for reasons um and uh he got me in touch with my father and it was the first time we had spoken and since 1996 so this was like two years ago so it was a long ass time and he you know said we were gonna we were gonna see each other he was so excited for to hear me call he loved me blah blah blah, the whole thing he's like i'm gonna call you first thing tomorrow morning i'm gonna come to i think i was in fort lauderdale or orlando i think fort lauderdale actually and um the whole next day i didn't hear it from him at all nothing which of course and so then i called back and just left like a very kind of like shitty voicemail that was like well didn't hear from you can't say i'm surprised but uh I hope you have a good life or whatever. And he called me back and he was like, well, I was just really busy, Alicia. And like, oh, and I was like, you couldn't text. You couldn't fucking text. You couldn't send a call. Like you could do any of the things to be like, hey, I'm too busy. Like yeah, literally no. And he, he said to me, he was like, Alicia, I can't keep having this fight with you. And I was like, what fight? We literally haven't spoken since 19 fucking 96. And it's like 2014. Like, I literally don't understand where you exist with this fight. I was going to say, that's like when you, when someone has built up like the termites nest of Mm -hmm. his perception of reality to protect himself and think that everyone else is like, oh, poor me. Yeah. When really like at the core of that is like, oh, I hate myself. Uh Like, yeah. But how do you even like, where do you go? Like, that's the most heartbreaking part with especially with family you know mm-hmm. was that feeling of like oh i'm never i don't foresee us ever being able to see this the a, a day the same yeah. way a mm-hmm. moment the same way much less a relationship the same way Absolutely. or you know and that's 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 really hard do you feel like you do you have a sense of I mean, we don't know this is happening when it's happening when we have experiences like that but looking back do you have a sense of like oh I grew up harder and differently and faster in certain emotional ways because of that than people oh, around yeah. me oh yeah I had to grow up pretty um quickly I would say for various reasons I had um several brushes with um sexual assault when I was very, very little. And um, that really shaped me a lot. And then um, my parents' divorce, really, my mom had, like, she had to rely on me. And I was more than happy to step up. You know, I've always been kind of a caregiver in that way. Um, and your, sister, I love, your sister's older or younger? I have two younger siblings. Two younger siblings. Uh, mm-hmm. My younger 
sister Stephanie and my younger brother Eric. I'm the oldest. Stephanie's the youngest. Eric's in the middle. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I was obsessed with my brother and sister. They really didn't appreciate how obsessed I was with them, but I, you know, I lean into it still to this day. Um, and uh, yeah, so I really like had to take care of that, you know, driving them to school, doing the whole thing. Um, but uh, we were very lucky that my grandparents lived as close as they did so we could like move in with them. We really like my mother, she worked so hard. I It still blows my mind to this day, like how much she worked. But like really because of that, my grandparents kind of raised us. So um, it was it was an interesting it was an interesting time um, because I really did just sort of fall into this role of like, oh, well, of course, you know, like I'm the oldest. I got this. You know, I always really like taking on responsibility too. oh, I always love feeling like I'm being helpful. So like as a young girl, especially, I was like, all right, I got this. This is just like babysitting, but all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know it was cool because um, it 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 was what it was, you know, and and um, I think I think about this a lot that I am so fortunate that my father wasn't around. Like, if he had been around, I don't know if I would have been able to go to college. I don't know if I would have had as much, you know, sort of emotional space to grow because mm-hmm. he was just such a closed off. Um, sad person and I always I struggled a lot because I am very much like my father I'm very emotional I'm very sensitive and I am constantly worried that I'm gonna like turn into him you know I don't want to become like the self-victimizing person um and I don't want to ever feel like I feel like the world is doing something to me personally and specifically I'll joke about it all the time on Twitter but I don't mean it right (laughs) um but uh yeah, I'm. I I feel bad for other Alicia and Haley because they they had to deal with him as their father in their life, you know. And and from what I have seen from the life that they have had to live, I I I, I think that it's I struggle and I struggle with my relationship with them a lot because I want to be that sister. I want to. I'm I'm always you know I I want to be kind of mama birdie, but. With them, it's really it's really hard. Um, I tried to talk to them probably when I lived in New York still, so probably like 2008, 2009, something like that. And um, it was just really hard because they, they needed a lot of me. And I, I tried to give them as much of me as I could, but once I found out that he, Daryl, my father, was apparently, you know, sitting next to the computer, kind of what I felt so taken advantage of and I felt really violated and so you know I just had to say to them like I wish you all the best um you know I'm always here for you if you need to reach out to me but I just can't do this it's just too hard and that was like the scariest hardest thing good for, for me. you sure I, I ah, man I just want to love people and I just like want to give them all of me and it's so it's so hard when you feel like giving yourself to people is hurting you through no fault of those people's actions and what they do you know it's it's tough it's really tough I that whole side of my family I have a very tricky relationship with yeah it's 
been a constant process so <laughs> god bless you know what i was thinking what to, to, to take it to a lighter note i was yeah. remembering that, no no i mean listen i'll go i'll go deep all day long for yeah. sure but uh but i was fondly remembering uh when we were talking yesterday not on your show but before mm-hmm. your show about uh we were joking well we were talking about foods that we had like some of us had come to enjoy yes. as adults yes and you were so you were like no no i loved all that stuff as a youth <laughs> and we were like oh i was like well how did that come to be and you're like well i was mostly raised by my grandparents so i was mm-hmm. just like into old people food from oh, a very yeah. early age so i was like that's into adorable it. i want i look at i love that um that ridiculous twitter uh account like 70s party or whatever i don't know if you've seen i haven't it. seen it it's all I food from it like out. old 70s cookbooks oh, and wow hideous uh-huh. and it's just <laughs> so atrocious it'll be like oh some jellied canned ham uh-huh. and pickled carrots oh look it's a bunny and you're like i'm I've never wanted to eat anything less, but I kind of love it because a lot of that stuff and a lot of sort of those like weirder things are what my grandparents just like, yeah, canned everything, casserole it to death. Like, yes, that is what I grew up on. <laughs> casserole is a death. This could be its own like meme. It could be like its own cast. Yeah, it sounds hashtag. like a really Let's dope band. Yeah. Hey, what's casserole up? We're casserole to death. death. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have to, you did you have to do, you know, have to get like a job outside of yeah. just life did you yeah so i did high school job i um yeah i <laughs> i um i worked for a little while at a uh, pier one imports great Very pottery exciting. barn i'm a pottery yes barner. nice all right um i loved i loved the customer service aspect i also love the customer service uh, aspect. <laughs> I, listen, I loved retail and pretty things i was yeah. all about it look at these candles over here don't they smell amazing and oh my god if you put it in this holder and then you take i bet you were chains. they must have <laughs> just loved you so much your bosses must have been like we see you going on to be a district manager like i'm sure they were like we are going to just like promote and promote and promote and it was kind of a really weird place to work um the people there were all just like very over it like everybody that worked there was super over it and i was just like so keen to just be like oh i'm hanging out with people and look at all these cool things i would just buy all these things all the time like as a 16 year old i was like this feels so adult like look at me and like the homewares yeah yeah (laughs) and um but everyone there was like pretty they didn't like the lead manager woman and i never understood why until one time i like bumped into her by accident and i was like oh my gosh i'm so sorry and she put me on um bathroom only duty for like three weeks (laughs) okay um i didn't i didn't stay there too much longer after that i ended up working at um there's a an assisted living home care agency that my mom worked at and they needed like somebody to like file paperwork in the basement and it was more money than Pier One. So I was like, all right, sure, I'll go sit in the basement for the summer, like whatever. I would do it, um I would do it quite frequently. And then I also had work study at school because I went to a private high school. Um because I was bullied to death um in middle school. Mm. Um and I just had to get out of there. It was not great what were they what was what were what, what, what um, were, i just like why were you a target i guess I, is what I'm asking. oh my god i made myself a target like i you know and i'm fine with it but like i was very loud very chubby very gregarious very wanted to be everyone's friend 
um, and like super nerdy, like loved school. I was just all of the things that you want to pick. You want to pick on, you know, like. Well, yes and no. I mean, it just depends on the school. I think a yeah. lot of the time too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Connecticut's a weird place. Like, I'm. I feel very fortunate that I grew up there. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, state. Um, schools are I mean, like even the public school that I didn't end up going to is like amazing. Um, but there's just like a lot of there's a lot of that weird. Um, sort of social, socioeconomic frustration that sort of trickles down into kids, especially with like, you know, labels, but also just status that happens in Connecticut. I mean, I'm sure it happens everywhere, but there's just something so Stepfordy about it in Connecticut, and it's so specifically insidious in this like kids very young learn very quickly how to be very passive aggressive to one mm-hmm, another, mm-hmm. Um, and also just like outright kind of just a lot of very angry people hmm. um which is super weird um because it was just like a lovely little like sh- like Brantford is this lovely little shoreline town it's where they like founded Yale and they mined the granite for the base of the Statue of Liberty like it's just yeah. it's it looks like Stars Hollow like it's this very cute quaint little place and um it always surprised me how angry everyone is i mean i know i'm like a very not angry person most of the time but like it always really blew me away how like the audacity I mean I see it now is like oh the audacity I had to like be this loud fat nerdy you know theater kid who like also ran for student council president and like you know was was doing all the things like I think it was just too much for a lot of people um and and it's always tough when it's a lady because you know Boys really don't like it when ladies are very loud, especially at that age. Yeah, know your place. Know yeah. your place. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, but I ended up going to a private high school, which I was very lucky to get into. Was it, it all girl or was it? No, it was co-ed. I, I don't think I would have ever really thrived in an all girl situation. I almost transferred um, after my first year of high school just because I was very insecure because it's so, the school I went to is called Hopkins. It's in New Haven. It's one of the top... 20 schools in the country. Um, So it's filled with kids whose parents are Yale professors and, you know, different sort of like geniusy types. They had, uh, you know, tons of Wall Street Street people, um, you know, big real estate um, types. That could not sound more intimidating. Oh, my God. It was so intimidating because I'm just like this kid that was there on work study too, you know, from like a small family where literally like, Nobody in my immediate family went to college. Like, no, I'm literally still, like, my mother, my brother, my sister, my... I'm the only one that's gone to college. And um, and I'm the only one of my grandparents, too. And uh, so um, it's just... It was just so intimidating to me because I was like, I feel like I come from such a different world. And it ended up creating such a weird dynamic for me because... Like, while my mother and my grandfather and my grandmother were, you know, they were very supportive of me, like, educating myself. And they knew I loved school. I, they knew I loved to learn. Like, literally, I would wake up every day when I was very little before kindergarten and, like, put on my backpack, my first day of school outfit, and, like, stand in front of the mirror and be like, my name is Lisa Luke, and I'm ready for school. Oh, <laughs> With a lisp so and everything, because, of course, I did. I wish uh, I'd <laughs> had that. Like, that's what crushes my soul is the idea that you were that kid and that that got, like, could have been bullied out of you, you know, because yeah. I was so, I I really had, like, the summer, like, 
oh my God, like the anxiety yeah. from such an early age of like, I'm going to have to go to school every day. Like I really was mm-hmm. very, I was, I don't think people expect that. And I don't even know if back then, like they uh, was understood, but I, I had no to conquer idea. so much daily anxiety about getting on a school bus. Oh my God, me too. So much, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. but like, I, so I wish that I, but the idea of you being like excited yeah. to get, in, get into that classroom, I I wish I'd had more of that because yeah. I would have been so much happier. I mean, I would have, you know, cherished. It, it, would, the, it would have given you something yeah. to make. But if you had that better. excitement and then it was shit on anyway, like I'm sure that's also not a great situation. Not ideal. I mean, literally, one of the kids that bullied me did murder somebody um, later. So Good that's God. yeah. That's What's a the, real what thing. What was the uh, like the racial makeup of when people? There, about it being white very white lol very white um i'm from a very white town um i'm very lucky in that both hopkins where i went to school is they they made a very important point to like give back to the new haven community and that meant you know they gave a lot of financial aid and free ride scholarships to the local kids in new haven um often kids of color and it was it made my experience i felt very lucky like if i had gone to one of the other private schools in connecticut that are just absolutely lily white because it's like $50,000 a year to go to high school. Um, I think it would have been a much different situation. But um, I've always felt very lucky because my family is for as white as we are. We are, you know, my I have a cousin who's Puerto Rican, some cousins are Korean, and my cousin Aaron is black. And like, so I feel so lucky that I didn't have that hyper white typical Connecticut experience because it would have it makes you so tone deaf you know to the world yeah yeah (laughs) so it's super crazy but that's I think also why I've always been drawn to like living in cities and like even New Haven is a more diverse place than Brantford is so um yeah because it's just when you know people that are different from you like you just you learn so much more about yourself and the world and how people experience it and like that to me is the most important knowledge I feel like you can gain especially is when you're not in a learning situation like school anymore, you know? I couldn't agree more. What were you, when you got to high school, what who did your friends up be, end up being like? Who who were you sort of drawn to and how, how did that all kind of was it mostly theater kids? Yeah, mostly theater kids. Mostly theater kids. I did um my closest friends were um gosh, I probably like my four closest girlfriends were um, Aaron Johnson, McAllister Wyndham. I'm saying all their names just in case they hear this, just because it may make me really happy. <laughs> I'm so, um, I gotta think about McAllister Wyndham for a second. That's Wyndham, a pretty great name. She's so cool. She's such a badass um, uh, pediatrician at Duke now. She's And she's pregnant. It's very exciting. Congratulations, guys. Uh, congrats, McAllister. Um, Emily Coe and Alex Bigler. Those were like my four main girlfriends. Um, and, you know, I also had some really good friends, like my friend Sarah Torcini and, and stuff like that, where we did theater stuff. But I was kind of all over the place. I Because I just, I love people and I don't want to get stuck in one bubble or one sort of way of thinking. And so, you know, I did, we had to do sports, which LOL, forever. I am not a good sport person. Um, but you had to do it or like take a gym class. So, you know, I did, because um, I'm tall, I did basketball (laughs) and then I was out in the outfield for uh, softball 
Um, I can't believe. Yeah, I I couldn't. I mean, in high school, I was you were able to take dance instead oh, of that's gym, so, cool. so I never had to take PE and that's in amazing. high school. And it, I really, I, I'm, I and now I sort of like. So I mean, I I don't do groups, but I have friends who are like you know like uh, you know people who like the the girls who are on the pistol shrimps. Like they have this mm-hmm. this wonderful, funny, great women who are playing basketball all the time. I have friends who are on softball teams. Yeah, I'm. I figured out that as an only child, I am very much like a like sports for me is like hiking quietly yeah. or yeah. like with one or play like hitting a tennis ball back and forth with one other person mm-hmm. it ver- it's ver- more meditative or s- like riding my bike and stuff yeah. I don't have that draw I don't have the drive no. and I don't know if it's because I didn't really play team sports when I was younger but that's not I, w- I didn't I, I hated it could not have wanted to get out of it less like I mean yeah. more I just could not stand it Ath- like athleticism in general is just not my bag yeah I would rather go on a hike and then like maybe read a book <laughs> not or maybe read a book on good. the hike if there's yeah. a way to do that safely. or just like you know stop halfway through the hike read a little bit you know whatever um yeah I the sports thing was definitely more out of necessity of you have to do this to graduate right. sort of thing which was great you know be active whatever but oh my um, god oh my god I'm sorry I just realized that I forgot that I almost grad I almost couldn't graduate because I didn't realize I was missing a semester of really PE, and I just flashed the oh fact that gosh. I had to do independent study <laughs> PE I just realized what? I had to keep a journal of like my activities so I was like I went I rode my bike two miles oh I did six God. sit-ups and That's like I had wild. that got assessed and graded so that I could pass I fucking completely forgot about that oh my god that's so I'm funny. sorry that interrupted you it just no, like okay. I completely forgot about that and I just had this like weird flash <laughs> of the moment we found like we realized like someone was yeah. looking at my transcript was like um we have a problem <laughs> And me being like, we what now? I'm sorry. Excuse me. And then we're going to solve it by, okay, I'll just run my Independent study. Sounds really good. So even that was like, yeah, I really skirted that one. Okay, please continue. Sorry. Yeah. So you're totally fine. That's a, that's a, you know yeah, what? I, I was all over the place because of that. Cause I had friends that did that's sports. That's good to have to do stuff you're not great at and stuff. Cause that's the other thing mm-hmm. is like, if you, so there, I've had conversations like this about, about this before where you, if you can continually avoid things you're not great at as you grow, it's really hard to fail. Oh yeah. Be, you know? And so I think oh, there yeah. are things I wish kind of that I would have been made to do things mm-hmm. that I was bad at because there were plenty, but I got <laughs> real sly yeah. about like, how can I not can have I to, you know, over here instead, not do of, yeah, instead yeah. of like getting good at failing early and being like, Oh, this is how you grow. Cool. This yeah. is how you toughen up and don't hate yourself when you do something poorly. Right. That would have been good to know. Got it. You know? Yeah. No, I feel very lucky that I failed so much as a kid. <laughs> I was so, okay with that I would like you know at first I would uh, you know try out for plays and stuff they'd be like no you're just like kind of a lot and I'd be like that's okay next time like I was just always like mm, whatever like I'm walking after school special um, you know, I know exactly why I got made fun of all the time guys uh, but it was yeah it was just um, I, I think it's really important to learn to fail and it's something that I constantly feel like I also need to relearn because, you know, like even doing the show Fangirling now, like when, you know, a guest thing doesn't work out or, you know, uh, or, you know, a segment doesn't come together in a way that I want it to, like, I get like, oh, God, like, yeah. it's, you know, it's not okay. And then it's like, it's, it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Like, don't forget, like, everybody will have, you know, like 
a bad night of comedy or a script they don't love or, you know, just a performance they're not super jazzed on. Like, it happens to everyone. It's just, like, very human. But isn't that also, like, the Anne of Green Gables effect, which I don't know if you're familiar with Anne. Oh, yes. Oh, Anne with an E. We're a real kindred spirit situation, which is that if you are a person who's fortunate enough to have the enthusiasm and the, like, falling in love with pieces of life, Mm -hmm. that you also have to deal with the depths of despair over things that maybe you don't need to feel that about either. And, like, kind of trying to mitigate (laughs) that is still, like, you know, and especially if somebody, if you get into the, the extreme version of that, which of course is can be depression and anxiety oh, and stuff yeah. it's extremely powerful mojo mm-hmm. and it's very hard to combat and so yeah. the you know that's i'm not like i don't have hypomania i'm not po- bipolar i my heart is like i goes out to anybody who has even just the chemical makeup uh, to yeah. have the most extreme high and the most extreme low you can have because even on like a quote-unquote normal level uh, it's it's so hard to keep making peace with that over and over again and i yeah. think part of the making peace with it when you get older is is not only do i can not only can i accept that i you know love 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 and then i'm shattered 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 but like i also maybe need to try to pull up from some of those like low frequencies like I can't I I, (laughs) even if it means like maybe I don't maybe I maybe there's a collapsing a little bit of the range like maybe I'm not Mm going to be ecstatic and over the moon and like losing my mind euphoric about something if I'm if the trade-off is like I don't feel shattered when I ask someone to be on my podcast and they say no (laughs) and I think they hate me yeah they're like Like, oh this is about me I'm not not good I don't did I didn't do this right I'm I'm clearly like if I were better if I were you know more important if I if I were this if the instead yeah. of instead of the instead of going like oh okay uh boy that can't matter like yeah. I can't let that matter at yeah. all or I'll just stop doing it you mm-hmm. know and you can't be stopped by that kind of stuff but I but I I do feel like there was stuff that especially as a young person that you know something hurt me and I was like mm-hmm, okay let me close that door forever yeah. oh my gosh yeah and I I had a really hard time with well my mother had a really hard time with like my mental health stuff in general um and so I'm really you say hypomania and like literally my therapist and I are, are kind of circling that drain for me right now and it's and it's sort of a very it's to me I'm finding it very empowering not to not to have a label per se but just to have an understanding of like what my brain is and how it works because you know when I was little my you know my pediatrician was like I think she's depressed and my mom lost it like mm-hmm. I love I love my mother we have a very complicated very tricky relationship and she as a nurse has a really hard time bringing anything medical home and I think that that was sort of an easy way to like kind of push that away Mm. and I didn't know how to deal with that stuff at all you know like it was sort of a fake it till you make it situation with that because it's like I just feel so intensely all the time and you're just like everything is the greatest greatest or the worst worst and it's like you know for me I was always so frustrated because it felt like a very immature response um, you know, it felt like that meant I wasn't grown up enough because like I, you know, just felt things very intensely. And, God, yeah. Um, especially like, I can't remember, like even just being, I remember my first jobs, especially, but like in, even in my twenties feeling like, oh, I've advanced to the point where like I can have this kind of job, mm-hmm. but then the slap in the face of like a couple of different bosses were like, you got to work on your game face. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Because I can tell every emotion you have. Uh-huh. I can see it all, and that's not professional. Yes. Oh my gosh. I yes. You I had that I happen like, a lot. Hmm, hmm, I should be better at this. I should be better. Like that helps. <laughs> yeah. You know, to yeah, go exactly. home and be like, I'm a piece of shit. I'm a child. I'm a child. I'm a t- I throw. I threw tantrums when I was little, and clearly, I'm you know. <laughs> and I haven't gotten over it since. And this is just all repeating itself. And yeah. I just need to. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna fix it yeah. for sure. Oh my God, totally. It's, um, it's just such a, oh, sorry. I saw, you saw, do- you saw, saw some cute I dogs. Saw, oh my table. God. I'm so excited about the dogs. I really want to meet the <laughs> dogs later. That's going to be what's waiting for you when you oh finish the podcast. Oh my God. It's going to be amazing. They're not oh. going to let you down. They're pretty special. And I'm so, I, I am such a huge dog person. I just, I love Could that be any less surprising? So although, <laughs> although twist, right? I do, I mean, I sort of love I, there are so many different animals that I love. Like, I love all animals. Yeah, I'm just such an animal fan. They're just so sweet and pure and just like, they're all very nice or they're just trying to live their lives. And like, I, lo- I had, because I was obsessed with cats growing up and then actually became more of a dog person. So I had this cat named Misty that I was obsessed with, like to the point where it would be, you know, in first grade, you would do the thing on the board. It was like, today is Wednesday and here's the date and the weather is this. And I would raise my hand every fucking time didn't matter if it was summer or winter and I'd go it's misty like my cat and they'd be like it's not Alicia (laughs) it's just not and I'd be like but isn't it clever that my cat's named after a weather pattern no it's not you're in first grade that is nothing cute about that (laughs) that's amazing oh yeah but I love but they're just so they're just so sweet they're just so sweet and wonderful and I just you know they just I feel like the Nerdist office is a very dog friendly office and like I love that I love being able to just you know what I need five minutes with ghost this corgi and then I'll be able to get back to work and it's I'm more very different I agree I agree with that I think I had I mean I definitely especially uh, I, I didn't work in places where that was necessarily the case mm-hmm. um but n- but never was that more true for me than when I did this show Mutton Stuff a few times, which was on Nickelodeon <laughs> Junior, um, which is a show that has pr- is predominantly cast of uh, trained dogs. Yes, and but there's also puppets and like tiny children. And oh when my God, I agreed yes. to do it, people were like oh, you're going to be there forever. Like, what a nightmare. <laughs> all three of those things. Those are all the know, hardest, the hardest things. things to work with. Yeah. <laughs> and I went and it was like the most smoothly running, like yes. everything was like, and and just the, the, of the version of the tremendous downtime you do tend to have on television sets, like that downtime was, it felt so non-existent because there was always a dog somewhere, <laughs> if not 15 dogs. Yes. And like that they doesn't feel that's not yeah that's not downtime you're it's yeah. not downtime like they, you want to know every you want to talk to the trainer you want to find out like which tutu they prefer to what wear the most do they know what tricks do they know which are their favorite treats it's just fascinating and so <laughs> yes. the time flew by and that and having that energy I think that's something that like we really as humans have figured out at least this particular culture of you know but the thing that gets tricky about that is I had this long conversation uh, about this recently not online oh. so it's not available. You had for an anyone here offline in real life conver- i had an irl conversation about amazing. something amazing uh, how, how retro of you it was very retro <laughs> where i sort of like sp- i went into this uh unhelpful spiral where i was i could i was like struggling a little bit with um the propon- like first of all a, a very very close friend of mine has a marvelous dog rescue mm-hmm. you know she's created an organization oh, and like that's her life and 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 i she's such a hero to me and um and and but but like there I think there are versions of that where I start I kind of went into the spiral where I was like oh no I I feel sometimes like 
Like it's so incredibly important, but that, that there's something, um, so immediate and easy about helping animals in mm-hmm. a way that is so not true of humans. And so I really like went into this place cause I was like, God, I love dog rescue. I'm like, oh, I love fostering all this kind of ideas. And then I, and then I had that guilty moment where I was like, Oh, part of this is like, there's a dog that needs your help. You save it. It loves you forever. End of story. Like mm-hmm. how simple yeah. versus like, here's a homeless person who's mentally ill, who like, where do you start with that? And I think yeah. that's, I think that there's this, th- that sort of like our love of animals has kind of, um, superseded our love su- of humans. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and, and I mean, I think at the, at our core at that, it hasn't superseded it, but it is a replacement for how hard it is to be a human person and not know what approach to it feels so overwhelming and mm-hmm. daunting and scary and sad yeah. and so there's something once you turn it over to another species you feel like you can do more it feels like there's you know problem re- result you're and you move on to the next dog yeah. or what have you yeah, yeah and yeah. i really i like i that's where when i start to go down the guilt road mm-hmm. i'm like why am i not administering vaccines in africa like i go yes. to that place where oh, i'm like God, oh i'm yep. a, i'm a waste of a person oh my God. I sh- i'm not spending my entire life trying yep. to save others lives yep um it's that's so... a dark tunnel you can go into so truly, fast truly truly i think it's Yes. I mean, I worry about that constantly, especially, you know, doing stuff in entertainment. You feel like this is the most superfluous thing. And you're just like, why am I literally why am I doing this? I remember when I was little, I wanted to be the first woman president. And now I'm like, you know, this is amazing. I love, you know, talking and geeking out about shit and talking about, you know, amazing women and the things I want them to create. But I'm also just like, but I could, I could be like writing policy and like trying to, you know, you know, work in a homeless shelter, do all these things. And I get a tremendous amount of guilt. And then, yeah, you can sort of be like, I'm just helping animals or like giving to charity because it makes me feel better. It's like this response that's kind of selfish. And it's, it's really, it's really tricky to, to come to terms with the fact that like, you're a person, you can only do so much and you have to find the ways in which you can do the most good that you can for whatever person, place or thing that you feel passionate about. And not everyone can be mother Teresa and not everyone can, you know, there's not, there's not enough room in the world for, for everyone to be that way, you know, cause it's when you start to think about it in those extremes, you really to kind of like bring yourself down to earth you have to think about like well the planet can't be a bunch of mother Teresa's. then literally what is the world you know there needs to be not that there needs to be strife and, and problems in the world it is just a natural occurrence and and so you have to you have to buck that that impulse to sort of feel self-pity that you can't do enough because it's just it's even more counterproductive than only doing a little bit. Well, yeah. And I yeah. think that the thing that I've kind of started coming around to and we kind of talked about this a little bit on yeah. on fangirling on your show is um, when you start to get the feedback loop in a good way mm-hmm. of someone telling you like, yeah, but I like if I've had a bad day 
And by the way, that was the other thing that totally blew me away. I don't know what, but I went to see George Saunders, who's a wonderful, oh, wonderful man. author in, yes. uh, in San Francisco just for one night. Oh. Um, and uh, and he was, t- someone asked him, someone said like, I get so much out of, I laugh so much when I'm reading your stories and stuff. And like the way you bring humanity to me is both heartbreaking, but uplifting. Mm-hmm. And like part of that is the laughter and like, who yeah. influenced you? You know, what are you? And so we start talking about like comedy and, and Monty Python and stuff and his influences and I don't know why again this is like it's not that it's not something I ever thought about before but you know when somebody just says something or there's a moment where it hits home and it it's like hits a different part of your brain or your heart but I had that moment of like oh my god you don't have to just inspire like I don't have to inspire a young girl to go do improv Mm -hmm. I could inspire her to become a doctor. I'm not a doctor, yeah. but if something I did brought mm-hmm. her joy and made her feel more grounded or inspired her in on for whatever her purpose is, mm-hmm. then like I'm affecting that in into into a field that I have absolutely no personal contact with or experience with, but that like that's one of the blessings of entertainment, I think yeah. is not only can you give someone a boost or, you know, like think about how much you rely on music and art oh to God, get yeah. you through. You know, it was like 100%. for some reason I couldn't make that connection for a long time. Yeah. I was like, oh no, 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 I'm not like that. Like mm-hmm. I don't do that. I just do this like silly dumb stuff that I like, but it's not, you know, helping anyone. And then when you right. start getting any kind of feedback that's like, no, 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 this does you had something to do with something that did really help me, then it does start to feel like, oh, okay, so it isn't that different from if I were to meet you know, this yeah. singer or this actor and say, thank you. This really got me through a hard time or an author. Yeah. Um, but that was the other thing I was like, Oh God, if I can, you know, if someone wants to listen to my podcast and they're becoming an EMT and that's really heavy stuff and then they can laugh and that mm-hmm. makes it easier for them to go back to their job, you know? So we are in a very, uh, privileged position in that yeah. you have the, uh, uh, the, the potential to impact people emotionally yeah. in a way that stretches beyond just your field. And that's not always true for people who are great at their jobs. They don't necessarily have those tendrils that can reach out and touch people in every walk of life. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to embrace more of is like, oh, wait, this is this is great. And it, yeah. for me, it doesn't mean that I'm constantly politically tweeting because I would disintegrate if yeah. I, Ugh, if that I became my full-time the job. Beginning of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just really hard. Yeah. And so again, that's another place where you sort of go, well, where, where can I, you know, really get into the, you know, get into what feels important to me and in how do I have to protect myself and all that kind of stuff, yeah. which is an ongoing conversation, you know, there's a lot of universality to the feelings that you, that things can, bring you or bring to light from entertainment that transcend all of that stuff. And, and I think about that too. Um, you know, when I was younger, before I started doing what I'm doing now, I was like scheduling commercials at MTV was my first job out of college actually. And like, you know, thinking like, Oh no, I'm just gonna, I'm going to be like business and I'm going to get through business. But then like still at the same time, I was always gravitating towards these things and, and internalizing lessons and meanings and, words from people and books and music and art that inspired me. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm fortunate that I was able to take the, the, the 180 that I did to do what I'm doing now. But, um, it's you, there's just so much to life that's universal and there's so much to, especially what we get to do in this industry that is just, is just the simple act of normalizing feelings you know, and the simple act of bringing to light a reality that 
is somebody's reality. And, and I, that's what I get so excited about with, um, with just being able to tell stories and, you know, being able to write scripts and, and, you know, random essays and things like that, where I can see these things that, you know, I either I struggle with or other people are struggling with and allegorically sort of like really get into the meat and potatoes of that and just look at like, what is that? Is that is that a feeling? Is that a reaction? Is that a response? Is that, you know, something from my own past, you know, really kind of fucking with me in a way? I remember, I can't even tell you when I, the first season of Fangirling, I had a full on fucking breakdown making the show. I, it, and it only took, it took until like halfway through this season of season two, like two years later to really understand that like me taking on the act of doing the show, I was doubting literally every single fucking thing. And I was internalizing the negative from what people were saying, even if that wasn't what they were saying, because I grew up like, again, love my mother, bless her heart. But she's like, you can't, be an actor and a performer. You can't be a singer. You can't be a writer. There are so many other talented people out there. Get some job security, you know, get some, you know, go into marketing if you want to do something creative, (laughs) (laughs) which I tried. And, uh, you know, and it's, uh, and so the whole process of that was like me having to really face like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I've spent my whole life saying I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not talented enough. Like, my mother loves me. If I was talented enough, she would have told me that I'm good enough, yeah. right? Like, that's what would have happened because that's what movies and TV tell you happen, you yeah. know? But that's just not necessarily the case. And so it was this, like, crazy process where I, I feel really – I do feel really bad for the production team at Nerdist that had to kind of deal with it because the way I deal with things is very external. And, I, you know, I say to them, like, hey, guys, I'm, like, going through a really rough depression with this. Like, I just want you to know. And, like – bless their hearts like these older men are just sort of like what you ah ooh. and I'm like just don't handle me with kid gloves it's the only thing I'm gonna ask you not to do and they're like okay <laughs> it's like yeah. you know and it was just yeah. it was such a confluence of all of that shit and like that doesn't come necessarily from like oh I did this one creative thing and it didn't work out it just comes from like this experience which is very universal of like Somebody telling you maybe you shouldn't believe in yourself and your dreams mm. and having to come to terms with that so much later because I was like, no, you know, like, I don't know why I'm freaking out this much about this. Like, I just have to trust myself and just, you know, my ideas are good ideas. And I know that even if I don't know it until after the fact, like whatever. And, and but isn't was, there also that third voice that's like, and also you're ruining this for oh, yourself. Yeah. You're supposed to be so grateful right yeah. now. You're supposed to be on. This is supposed to be the happiest you've ever been. Yes. Instead, it's the most miserable. Oh, what my a God. loser. Yes. Literally that whole thing where you're just like, you should be so much happier about this. And that was always the thing that was really hard when I was in my depression, too. And I'm trying to make the show. And it's like really the first time I've ever like actively dealt with my depression too. I'm finally getting, I finally got a therapist at that time and a psychiatrist and all that. And it was just like, like I had like nothing, you know, it's just like I, and I, you see me, I'm like this. And I was just sort of like this. And I was just sort of like, I should be so fucking thrilled and grateful and happy and like bouncing through the office. And I'm just yeah. Oh my God, I'm just trash garbage and everything is terrible and I'm, just, I'm making everything worse and why am I not more excited and everybody's telling me I should be excited and like all of that stuff Yeah. that just gets in the way of the bullshit and um, 
I'm, I'm very thankful that I had that experience though too. You know, I just feel like I see everything and this is like the cornball in me, but like I see everything that I've gone through as like a lesson that needed to be learned in order to do what I'm doing now. Like I had to move to LA because I had to do something that was completely out of my comfort zone. I had to, you know, start freelancing and writing because I had to be less precious with my words. I had to gain the confidence that like my ideas are valid or worthy enough to be read by other people. And, you know, then like, I had to learn how to have a thick skin with like doing, you know, working on the internet, which is a super fun and notoriously nice place for women, sure. um, <laughs> especially in the nerd space. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's really interesting how I feel like life will give you exactly what you need and you just have to find the way to make that you have to you have to look that in the face mm-hmm. and sometimes that means ugly scary hard things but ultimately i feel so thankful and grateful for all those struggles that i've had because otherwise i i wouldn't be able to deal with the dumb trolls telling me that i should go fuck myself every other day or you know the 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 naysayers in my own head and and you know in my family or you know what have you it's it, the scariest, most radical thing I think a woman can do is believe in herself and mm. believe that that's enough. Mm. Um, and it's so, it's such, it feels so simple because that is just handed to a lot of people in certain areas of our society. And I think for a lot of women, it's just, it's just not, it's just not the norm. And it's, you feel very foolish kind of like coming to these realizations. I'm 32 years old. I feel ridiculous for like coming to these realizations as a 32 year old. But I'm, you know, I, I, I try to really internalize. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying now, I should say, in the last few weeks of like trying to be a little bit kinder to myself and look at myself as like how my friends look, you know, like Rachel Hine, who's editor in chief of Nerdist, she's like, please don't talk about my friend like that. Like, I really mm-hmm. don't like it. And like, mm-hmm. I'm, try- I'm trying to be that level to myself so that you can just, so you can get to a place where it's like, yeah, I can just be this and this is enough. Yeah. You know, it's so hard. The it world just so really hard. doesn't want you to be. Work. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but I, yeah. I think your, your perspective on, on, you know, that, that, that driving force for you of moving forward in that way and choosing to, to see your experiences that way is, is that's how I feel too. And I think that's, um, like what, like what are the alternatives? Yeah. And I, I don't want any of those alternatives. I want to be happy where I I want to be satisfied and grateful. Even if I'm in the middle of a struggle, I want to go, I want to always be able to say I wouldn't change anything. And I, and and so if that's your kind of mission statement, Mm -hmm. then you're just going to keep holding yourself to that and like that's going to keep propelling you forward yeah. because the alternative is to go oh okay well this i, I guess i'm gonna yeah. what i'm gonna go backwards like yeah. i don't know or what tamper or myself I'm gonna everything or, or yeah or i'll just follow what somebody else says because then that just leads to all of that like gross churning insecurity am i lying to myself am i lying to other people do i really believe do i really want like you know and you just you fall into not having your own ideas and sense of self yeah and it's 
it's so much more freeing when you can just give yourself that like you know like there are so many things and reasons to be upset and anxious and worried and stressed out and fearful for the world and yourself and the people you love in it so like just give yourself that yeah keep your (laughs) give yourself the 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 foundation like we got it we have to have the foundation to be strong enough to do everything else totally Um, i don't know if i've ever been more excited about a guest getting to do this mash game as a person who is uh, a fangirl um the question is like how do i now i'm pressuring myself to want to make sure I come up with great categories. Oh my goodness. The um, on okay, let's start with like a pretty staring me in the face one, which seems easy, which is three women uh, alive or not alive from mm-hmm. any era mm-hmm. uh, that it would be that you would love to collaborate on something with. And it can be it, you can oh. take yourself outside of like, even if you're like, <laughs> well, I'm not a fine art painter, you mm-hmm. could still be like, but yet yeah, Georgia O'Keefe, like I would yeah. want to, you know, let's assume yeah. you have you have whatever skill you would need to have to do this collaboration three women from whenever in time today to yesteryear okay well first one is carrie fisher no question i would love to write a script with carrie fisher holy shit um oh god this is so tricky um (laughs) gosh because i feel like i could go in so many directions i know it's a you're you're the best and toughest Mm. uh person to do this i think Hmm. (laughs) i'm trying to think who, you know, I would love to um, do something musical with Nina Simone. Great. Because, I mean, what an incredible soul and, like, heartbreakingly beautiful voice. Um, <clears throat> and I also, I also used to sing as a kid, so I love the music. I always go mm-hmm. back. I always go back to music. Yeah. Always, always, always. I like wrote songs when I was a kid. I have, yes. I still have my notebooks, for, and oh, I still have nice. the first song I ever wrote, and it was in third grade, and it was called "I'm Gonna." <laughs> I can't even. I, I, I. It sounds uh, like an ambitious. Uh, oh yeah. Song. I was I a very. It. I've always been very ambitious. I've. Oh, I don't even think. I realized the extent of it until I was much older. But um. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Third. 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 Jeepers. I feel like I could go so many ways. <laughs> I'm sorry to put you through it's this. Totally okay. <laughs> I'm like, do I want to go with like a novelist? Do I want to go with a director? Like. Mm. Um, I would want to invent something with Hedy Lamar. Uh, oh, great! Fuck yeah, Hedy Lamar all the way. She literally invented frequency hopping, and the reason that plane um, uh, wings are the way they are is because of her. Oh like, my god, she is low key such a brilliant mind and like oh nobody my. ever knew there's no a new documentary about her called bombshell and it's really really great oh i gotta write that down yeah, yeah yeah it's super super great and you learn all about all about her crazy shit and how the government like stole her patents and it's it's oh wild wow. okay yeah it's so great i actually had the director on fangirling a couple weeks back and just amazing just amazing hedy lamar is amazing so yeah i okay. can't wait to that's Ooh. awesome i can't wait to watch it yeah. okay great okay we got through that category okay. we did a great job i'm so proud uh, of us <laughs> i was, didn't do anything i was so stressed i didn't do anything uh okay i gotta do the um three movies that you can jump into and just be in that world Ooh. you're not re- you know you're not a character in the film you're not you know reliving the plot you're just okay. experiencing the just the, experiencing the world, the world. Mm-hmm. i'm gonna say something that might be kind of weird Annihilation. Okay, great. I want to go and like investigate that world. I yeah. want to be like a Tessa Thompson's character, but mm-hmm. gets out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That's a key. Alert. That's yeah. a key. <laughs> um, 
That's one. That's a great answer. I completely agree. You like, oh gosh, the visuals of that movie yeah. just, just absolutely kill me. Yes. Um, yes. Um, goodness gracious, I'm trying to think. It's movies, right? Movies, 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 movies. Um, I would say <laughs> Ratatouille. Great. So I definitely Great. want Remy the rat to cook me dinner. <laughs> um, and one more? Yeah. Something spacey. Oh, Star Wars. Duh, Star great. Wars. I want to go to the galaxy far, far away. Okay, great. Great, great, great. Okay. Yes. Um, uh, okay, let's do, let's go into uh, romantic. Uh, yes. Okay. Let's go into romantic let's partners. Let's go into boy crushes. Um, and it could be, it could be, you know, real person. It could be fictitious character person. Okay. Um, et cetera. Okay. Gosh, goodness gracious. Um, I always feel like I have to be like kind of. Because, like, I interview famous people for a living, so it's, like, very weird to Right, me, right. To be like, oh, I would kiss that person in the mouth and then, like, have to go talk to them later. That is 100% happened before. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a story off oh my the God, podcast amazing. about this, actually. I can't this, wait. Actually. I can't wait. Um, ooh, I'm, like, getting hot. Um, <laughs> I have a crush on every boy. This is such a problem. <laughs> I am a nightmare. Um, we, know, listen, we know you're a people lover, so yeah. there's no surprises there. I know. Oh gosh. Um, kudos. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Want to smooch the most? Um, young Michael Caine. What oh, a great. babe! Okay. What a babe! Young Michael Caine was. Holy shit. Um, and uh, mm, goodness gracious. You know what? Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, Ejiofor. 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 Oh I can't. Why can't I just do it? I was perfect at that for so long. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, no one there is questioning. <laughs> I love Chiwetel. Your ability to. It was between him anything. and Michael B. Jordan, honestly. Oh, yeah. What a God. I just saw they Black Panther are. and like, yeah, truly. <laughs> Everybody really in Black Panther is the most attractive person that's like ever lived. It. I gotta see it. I, oh my I God. 100% know that. Side note, I believe I brought this up on the podcast recently. I'm sure I did because we we're talking about Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Uh, but I had that surreal experience. Uh, I did absolutely did say this, but I'll just tell you yeah. that uh, I was at the grocery store. The Vanity Fair cover that he was on was in oh the my thing. God. And then I was like looking at it and then I was like, and then I looked up and he was checking out <laughs> just past like five feet away it's from his LA. cover. I was like, well, that happened. Yep. Um, and doesn't Mickey just kind of amazing. Yeah. So, so yes, that happened. Um, okay. Third category is uh, three foods that in this alternate universe are not bad for you, whereas they might be in this one for some mm-hmm. reason or other that you can have in perpetuity. Uh, and it's oh. like, what's oh, actually good for you? It could be as general as, you know, pizza or it could be as specific as like this one chocolate chip. Oh, cookie. yeah. That's, ooh. well, you know what? I, got, I think I'm just going to go with the, the three Ps. Great. Pizza, pasta, potatoes. Great. Um, those are my lifeblood. Wonderful. I love them. Um, agreed, agreed. Yeah, all of that. And I'm Ugh. keeping it very generic so I can try all sorts of oh, things. Oh, yeah. No, you got, this is a real, like, uh, you got, you got a Pandora's box of deliciousness oh, here. Thank you so much. Uh, wonderful. Um, okay, three talents uh, that you wake up with tomorrow uh, that you have sort of downloaded Matrix style. They Ooh. require no practice. Okay, awesome. Painting for sure. Great. Um, dancing, like world class, like 
so you think you can dance can do all the dances dancer right. i there's a dance class that i love that i'm obsessed with and it always it's called five six seven sweat um they I like do, what I'm hearing. Oh yeah, it's like a Broadway themed um, dance. That's great. It's the, literally it brings me so much joy, and every time I go, um, I just I feel like I'm just like I just want to be strong like a dancer. Yeah, I just want to be yep. a dancer. I'm a dancer. Yeah, like every <laughs> movement I make moving forward is like I'm a dancer. That's right. I'm a dancer. That's yeah. right. I love it. God, I really relate. Great. Okay, dancing. What's your third one? Um. You know what? I really honestly, and this is going to sound so boring, but I could not be more terrible at math. So like, I wish I was good at math. I, listen, I do too. And I wish I got, I enjoyed it. I wish yeah, I was like, I God, there's nothing it. more satisfying than oh. a b- great math problem. Ma- oh, that's yeah, just, that would be great. makes me want to vomit. I'm but yes. pleased. I'm pleased. I think that, I think that's a good use of the category. I really Thank do. You. I very Thank much approve. Um, okay. Let's do three TV shows from any era okay. that you wish you could have written for and that like writing oh. for would be so fun and oh. easy. Oh, and okay. a joy. Okay. Um, I Love Lucy. Great. 30 Rock. Great. And, ooh, mm, oh, there's mm, there's a few ways I could go with this. There's like, oh, God, because there's like three shows that are kind of circling in mm-hmm, my head right mm-hmm. now that I feel like I could go with. And I think, you know, I'm going to go with Handmaid's Tale. Great. Yeah. Great, great. Yeah. Great. I, everything that that show has done thus far has been Agreed. flawless and incredible. Agreed. I, it kills me. Uh, side note, I gotta say, I wish people would not in any way say that, uh, Margaret Atwood is an anti-feminist. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's, I'm really struggling with that. that like, is... I can't, I, I, I understand that our world is moving forward and I understand that there are things that, you know, some like different generations are used to or right. right off, but like we need to be a little bit careful on that because I, that yeah. you start getting into like don't shit on the people who came before you who spent their entire life. I know it's like the people getting being us like, to the point off, we are Gloria now. Steinem, yeah. and I'm like you can't say you fuck can't, off to Gloria Steinem. You can't I'm sorry. do it. You can't do yeah, it. She can. Have that was some... really heartbreaking. That was like one of my biggest struggles with everything that's been going Oof. on. Was like you know yep. what? I'm never gonna say you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, Margaret Atwood. I'm yeah. just never going to say never, it. It's never going to happen. She, <sighs> listen, generational divides are real and they happen. Yeah. And it's, you know, I talk about this with my grandfather a lot, actually, because he has such a hard time. And my great-grandmother, actually, who's still alive, she's 103, um, which is crazy. And, um, but like she, you know, both of them have seen so much of the world pass. And like, they're just like, it's just, it's just, there are certain things that certain generations just aren't, cognitively going to be able to understand in a way that we understand them and like i think that while you can say yes no and here's why maybe this is slightly problematic you can't be like you're a trashy man because of this like i think we need to have a little bit more kindness um and come to the these conversations with like a bit more empathy and nuance and guess what guys we're all going to be in that position oh yeah if you think that we're finished evolving yeah (laughs) if you think that as a 25 year old girl you finished evolving as the human race And that when you're 90, someone isn't going to get up in your face and go like, you're stupid. I can't believe you think this is how life should be. Everyone in like five years and be like, I can't believe they had genders. Like, I can't believe you guys were like male and female. Like, you know, like that is, I've said that my roommate and I, I'm ready to feel stupid. I just want to, I just want to be treated with as much respect as possible as I'm struggling with whatever it is I'm struggling with as a 85 year old person. 
And likewise, I would like to show the respect to, and compassion to people who are in that position now. Yeah. As much as possible. Absolutely. As long as like forward progress keeps moving forward. Like I know we're all going to fall behind at some point. Yeah. I just want progress to keep happening. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Well said. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Got to really, that's good off uh, a little diatribe. Yeah. Um, okay. Next, next is uh, three places and they don't have to be in real life. They could be oh. other pl- places you would have a vacation home. So it could be something more magical or it could be a mix. It could be, you know, a real place Ooh. if getting there were no problem. Oh my God. Okay. Um, one would be in London just because I love London so much. Right. Um, I would love to have um, a vacation home in space that sort of orbits like a satellite, orbits the planet, so I can see it constantly and see all the beautiful lights and and also have beautiful views of the moon. Great. Definitely some sort of beautiful spaceship. And it also has some sort of like terraforming little nook Mm -hmm. inside Like Elysium, if Elysium weren't represented. Exactly. uh, (laughs) Don't ask for much. Yeah. Okay, so London, space. You know, I want to bubble underwater, too. Oh, great. All the mm-hmm. way at the bottom mm-hmm. of the ocean or, like, cl- tethered t- close to the bottom of the ocean mm-hmm. so that I can check out all that beautiful bioluminescent light. <sighs> that gives me scary. the heebie I know. Yeah. That's a real, like, face your fear. Like, I would, lo- but I would love to feel comfortable in the underwater realm. Oh, my gosh. Because I hate how uncomfortable I would feel in the yeah. underwater realm. So you're not, like, a Blue Planet fan, then? <laughs> I mean, I am, but I just am terrified. Yeah. I find it all terrifying. It is, uh, it is scary. And not in a way that, yeah, it's like I feel total awe and respect and, like, excitement and thrill about it. Um, but I'm, I, I ver- I'm very aware that, like, my body was not it doesn't exist yeah it doesn't exist <laughs> to be like swimming among the whales in the mm-hmm. arctic ocean yeah um okay uh and then final category Ooh, final category that's a toughie <gasps> can't believe we're at the end oh uh, let's do three oh well let's do three um musicians that ha- i three different musicians that as it happens each wrote uh, uh an album for you about <gasps> you like dedicated to you it's sort of like <laughs> their personal <laughs> gift to you like this cry. is all you thinking about these this <laughs> i wish so okay we're gonna make it come true we're gonna make it come true um patty smith number one no question <laughs> um uh ray lamontane for sure and um oh and ryan adams always and forever in my heart ryan adams i just his his songwriting is just some of the most beautiful songwriting yeah, out there great. he really is great i haven't listened Love to him, him in a while i gotta Ugh. i gotta re- I, I gotta do a reboot him and jenny lewis's band nice as fuck um at the greek a little while ago oh, that was a great show it was so good yeah so fun yeah Ugh. Love Jenny God, Lewis I too. Get right back in. Yeah, I do. I, I, the, <laughs> that's general a, that's shout out to Jenny show. Lewis. Yeah. For shout being out to Jenny. Jenny. Lewis. Shout out to Jenny. Uh, okay, so I'm going to do my little thing where I say, "Tell me when to stop," so I can do my eeny meeny in a second. Okay. So uh, just tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. I'm going to pause this, do okay. some quick non calculations, <laughs> and come back Non-man-man. with your 100% guaranteed mash future. I'm so excited. <laughs> God, I'm okay. so ready and excited. Okay. Oh my God, my future. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to start? Number one, uh, I will congratulate you on your beautiful apartment in London. Oh my God, yeah. Feels right. Yeah. Uh, feels very right. I want to congratulate you. The, by the way, this apartment, this uh, vacation home in London that you have this beautiful apartment, you have this, that your whole like studio where you do mm. all your painting. Oh. <gasps> 
uh, yes. that's very easy to imagine yes. for me. Uh, I, I'm assuming that at some point, you know, when you're, if you're feeling stuck to, with an idea or whatever, you just put on that album that Patti Smith wrote for you. <laughs> And that just like <laughs> propels you back into productivity. You become a literal superhero. <laughs> uh, probably to the point, and like uh, you're gonna need a lot of sustenance, sustenance while you're uh, busy cranking away on all this fine art. So I want you to know that you get unlimited pizza with zero oh, ramifications. Yes. Pizza of all shapes and sizes and oh. delicious uh, tastes. All this uh, New York pizza I'm dreaming of. All the New Haven pizza I'm yeah, dreaming of it. Yeah. And then also like, listen, if you want to take a break and go a place that's nearby, but also completely imaginary, you can go into the animated world world of ratatouille <laughs> has some delicious food oh cooked God. for you i love how food centric this is right now too uh, i'm also enjoying it because i'm hungry um yeah. it, it, what else can i tell you i could tell you that you have uh, a wonderful uh collaboration with hedy lamar <gasps> that oh yes. could span any number of things oh i feel like God. there's a, probably a song about your collaboration with hedy lamar on your patty smith oh, album probably that feels right um i loved uh your the writing on handmaid's tale you really brought a, some wonderful so special stuff to that and uh you're doing all of this with your companion oscar isaac oh so, my god well done you what well am played, i my friend literally well living played. the best world's life ever well played indeed <laughs> thank you so much janet it's my sincere pleasure alicia i'm so glad we were able to do this i love that we're gonna do like a back-to-back with yeah. uh, the fangirling episode in this so it's fresh in everyone's mind um where can people find you uh on social media etc and uh and then that, that'll wrap us up yeah um i'm at alicia lutz on all the things because you know i had to be the only alicia lutz right. on all the things you've earned it you've earned <laughs> I earned it, damn it. Um, but yeah, mostly mostly Twitter and Instagram is where I live. Great, so, great. Yeah. Um, and guys, I will talk to you next time on the podcast. As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.